0: Today, I'd like you to turn with me to Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 12. Pastor George looks at selfies, the way we view ourselves over time, and God's sovereign hand on those images of ourselves. Let's listen together. Yeah, they're my friends, the sunny Bunnies. And they're into selfies as we all are this week and the weeks before and after, because We're in a sermon series called Sermons from Selfies. We've gotten a good start. Last week, we um, looked at uh, kind of the dark side of things, and we got to start there by recognizing our sin, and Pastor Connie took us into that darkness, if you will, because unless we recognize the heritage of sin that we have in us, we're not going to be able to be looking at the positive that we need to do. On the, other si- on the other side, we can't just grovel and say, woe is me, I am a wicked sinner, I can't do anything right. Because that doesn't honor the God who saved us. So we repent, we are forgiven, and then the Lord said, stands up, stand up, and be who I made you to be. God didn't create us, to just grovel in constant repentance. But what did he create us for? What did he create you for? That's what today's sermon is all about. And if you don't discern and cultivate the new you, what your giftedness is, then sin will reassert itself and will take control of your life. So it's important that you step out and say, Who is this new person that God has created? I'm gonna kind of illustrate this with, some of you think selfies are new things, but they're really not. When I was a little kid, about seven or eight, I had a kind of life-changing experience. My uh, family went to MSG to see the rodeo. Now I know some of you think MSG means monosodium glutenate or whatever, but it really means Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. That's the place in New York. And we saw those cowboys come out and wrestle with steers and everything else. And boy, that was my awakening to what I was destined to be. And I went home, started listening to Gene Autry on a 78 RPM record we play to sing You Are My Sunshine. Some was well-known songs, but he also sang a really dark thing called Dust, Dust. Can you see? Can this be eternal? Boy, he brought me into the dusty life of a cowboy. So my brother and I decided both of us were going to be cowboys. And, and we, this is the first selfie I remember taking. I'm about eight years old there. And, uh, and, and and we argued a little bit about who was going to be the cowboy with the black hat, black outfit on a white horse, and who was going to be the cowboy with a white hat and a white outfit on a black horse. So I can't remember who won, I think we took turns. But the fantasy of growing up to be a cowboy was the first idea I had about what God had created me for. That's what I remember anyway. But we were very active in our church. And one time at a missionary conference, I, there was a particularly charismatic uh, missionary from Africa. That caught my fancy, and then I knew that God was calling me uh, to be a missionary, and so I took this selfie. I think I was about 11 or 12 at that point. I even wondered, you know, if the two images could come together, and I could be a cowboy missionary. I didn't know whether there were such things, but there were. <laughs> But then reality took over in my life, and I went to college. And in order to pay for college, uh, I had to work in the summers and sometimes beyond that. And I found a a wonderful old school house painter who took me under his wing and taught me the trade. And I learned what work was. And, uh, And then I even thought this might be my life as a house painter. And that's where I'd be today. Well, that was my image at maybe about 13, 14, when I first worked with my hands, and then later uh, when I worked on painting houses. But um, ultimately, I got to college. And at college, I was a biology major, and I took virtually every chemistry and biology course there was. And my professor said, man, you should make this a career. He was even helping me scout graduate schools. And so I had the idea for a while in my last two years of college that I would be a career scientist. And I could have been a guy like this. Uh, uh, looking for the, the coronavirus. And, uh, and boy, would I have been a scientist. But. During my last year in uh, college, the Bible and its intrigues captured me even more. So I went to seminary and while in seminary, I did well, went on to graduate degree and even fantasized being a theology professor and uh, would have looked like that studying my Hebrew text with dark glasses. Um, but ultimately through all of this, it emerged that God was calling me to be a pastor. And um, I'm thankful to Paul Devon for the hat. I don't get a a whole lot of chances to wear my pastor hat, but Paul made sure I got that. And uh, that's what the Lord was leading me to. Now, some people are really saying, hurry up, you're through with this phase, and get on to the next one, which is retirement. (laughs) (laughs) But I really kind of not looking forward to that. I, I, I just, uh, it doesn't seem to be me, so I guess I'm resisting it. Here's, here's the point of all that. I believe that God was behind all of this, that God was leading through various views of what he made me to be in order to lead me to the ultimate giftedness that he intended for me. And you can't, you can't rush the process. For me, that took, well, 20 some years, almost to my 30th birthday. I still graduated seminary, wasn't sure of my call to be a pastor. After my second sermon, they didn't fire me, then I was more sure. <laughs> what I was created for was being revealed to me by God through the images that he gave me of myself which today would be recorded in selfies. And people do a lot more of experimenting with what they would be or could be or how they would like to see themselves. But if you're trusting God for the guidance, if you're trusting God to give you the ultimate image, uh, then uh, he will do that. Now, images are interesting and sometimes deceiving. There's an ancient Greek who we know by the name of Aesop, lived at least 400 years by before Christ, if he lived at all. And Aesop wrote fables, and he's known for the fables he wrote. And uh, this is one of the fables that he wrote. The stag was once drinking from a pool and admiring the noble figure he made there. Ah, said he... Where can you see such noble horns as these with such antlers? I wish I had legs more worthy to bear such a noble crown. It is a pity that they are so slim and slight. At that moment, he caught the scent of a wolf pack nearby. Away he bounded and soon by the aid of his nimble legs, he was nearly out of range of the wolf pack. However, not noticing where he was going, he passed under some trees with the branches growing low down in which his antlers were caught so that the wolves had time to catch up and he was surrounded and destroyed. Alas, alad, alas, he said with his last words, we often despise what is most useful to us. That's a word from an ancient Greek philosopher and it's pretty wise today, the thing about you that seems to stand out, your antlers may be misleading, but maybe your spindly legs are what God wants to use. Maybe that's your salvation and ultimate destiny. When we read the New Testament, we see an emphasis on the gifts that come from our knowing the Lord and the spirit gifts that he gives us. It's interesting when you listen to some teachers and preachers and they talk about the gifts of the spirit. They can even tell you how many there are, whether it's nine or 11, I'm not sure. But the gifts of the spirit are described as certain, uh, rather uh, uh, elevated gifts, uh, 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 ones that you can really notice. But the gifts of the spirit as they're defined in the New Testament are much broader than that. First of all, there are what I would call some character gifts. And we notice in that famous passage, uh, Galatians 5.21, here they're referred to as the fruit of the spirit. By contrast, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These qualities are spiritual gifts that God gives to every believer. Those are kind of generic gifts. None of us should be without any of those gifts if we are truly uh, close to the Lord. But then there are also uh, gifts which I'm uh, going to describe as um, special gifts, special person, personality gifts that we have. And uh, this is a familiar passage in uh, slide two, please. The, the passage in uh, Second Corinthians where Paul describes the varieties of gifts. And he emphasizes the word varieties. There are varieties of gifts but the same spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but the same God. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit of God for the common good. So if you have a gift, whether it's antlers or spindly legs, it's a manifestation of the spirit of God. And it's not just for your good, but for the common good. It's for other people. And all these, uh, Paul says, he goes on to describe some of the gifts, of, such as gifts of healing, utterance, wisdom, working of miracles, prophecy, a discernment, variety of tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same spirit who allots to each one individually just as the spirit chooses. So there's no bargaining, there's no doubt God has allotted these gifts to us. In 1 Peter 4, 10, he seems to make the same point. Verse 10, uh, look, or like good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The manifold grace of God, that's not a part on a car. The manifold means many, many colors, many varieties, many shapes. Manifold is varied. As many people as there are, there are gifts. It's not the gifts of God. The gifts of God constantly surprise us because the gifts of God can be things we've never thought of before. So like good stewards of the manifold gifts of God, you and I are stewards of the gifts he has given to us. Serve one another. Okay, the gifts God has given to me are for me, right? No. Serve one another. They're for others. They're gifts that God has given to you for the body of believers and for others in the world. So therefore, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Wow, is that humbling? You have the gifts of speech, Well, a gift of speech can be a curse, as you've probably found out. Well, make sure your speech is the very words of God. And if he has gifted you, it will be. And then whoever serves, there's some people who don't speak, but they do a lot of serving. But they also must do so in the strength that God supplies to the glory of God. Not so they may get a service award for the good of the body. So the kinds of gifts God gives are character gifts, they are these personal strength gifts, and then there are ministry ministry role gifts which we read about in the familiar passage in Ephesians 4 in verse 11. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, some deacons, some Sunday school teachers, some TLC group leaders, some encouragers who call on the phone, some visitors who like to uplift people who are down and out. These gifts are role gifts, functions in the body of Christ. And every church recognizes certain gifts, but I think in churches, we're blind to a lot of those gifts. A lot of functions that make the church uh, operate are, are kind of hidden and quiet, but we ought to acknowledge them all. These gifts are also grace gifts from God. And I wanna add to the character gifts, the personal strength gifts, and the ministry role gifts to a fourth one, it's the selfie projection gifts. So those are the ones I put up there. The cowboy painter, missionary, retired person, all of those things. And I believe that God works through that process to help us identify our gifts, to help us see what it is we can be. And then some of those things kind of get superseded. Some of them we begin to see they're not leading to something that's fulfilling but by god's grace he will bring to our attention the selfies that point us to our true destiny to what we were created for so here are some important words in the one scripture i I want to look at more closely romans chapter 12 2 and 5 and paul is here encouraging us to make sure Our journey toward recognition of our specialness is in harmony with the will of God. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. That's the first word. Don't just let the world tell you who to be. That's not easy these days. Because, you know, social media is telling you who to be. And TV ads are telling you who to be. And heroes in the movies are telling you who to be. But don't be conformed to this world. But by contrast, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we go back to last week's sermon, repentance and coming to the Lord and being given a new life. That doesn't just come boom like that. So now you're a new person. No, it comes by transformation from within. That's the way God does it by renewing our minds, our souls, our spirits, and emerging from that is the giftedness. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern. He wants us to know what our gifts are. So that you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, the apostle Paul says, He has the gift of discernment. I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. So the problem is when you finally are able to put a label on your gift, antlers. You become fixated with that. And you think more highly than you should. And you look down and you say, oh, my legs don't match my antlers. And you don't realize that it's your legs that are gonna save you And so, don't think more highly than you ought to think, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, oh wait, I thought thought he was talking about me. You can't talk about me without talking about all of us. For as in one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ. And individually, we are members of one another. The body and my place in the body, that's what God's will is all about. Oh, we have a personal destiny, and he cares about us individually, but he makes it clear that he's going to do his will in the world, and his kingdom is going to be manifest in the world through the body through us together. Now, how others see us can help us to know what our giftedness is or isn't. I received this selfie from Mike O'Neill Pedersen and I, I, I take a vote on whether his calling is to be a professional deep sea diver. If you think yes, put your hand up. <laughs> if you think no, put your hand up. Okay, Mike, we vote no. So. The view of others can help us. There are some people who put themselves forward in an inappropriate way for things that they're not equipped for. And they think the Lord is calling them to that, but the body says, eh, we don't see it. That's the way God speaks to us sometimes. But in the end, by God's grace and guidance, we will all find our place in his body through which we can accomplish his purpose in Altadena in 2021 and beyond. We sometimes get on each other's nerves, but we ain't nothing without each other. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the giftedness that we have as individuals, but even more wonderful, the fact that the gifts fit together in the body, and if we let you guide us, your spirit will make this happen, Lord. We ask that you will give us the grace to see the grace. Help us to discern our giftedness and the giftedness of others and how we are together in the work of glorifying you and expressing you in this world. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We meet in Altadena every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, both in the Sanctuary and on YouTube. Most other events will be starting up soon. But if you need prayer now, please reach out to us at altabapprayerataol.com. And again, as always, we pray God's blessings on you this week.